0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad.
1: All right. Thanks for tuning in tonight. NHL update. The Leafs have tied it in Montreal. It's one, one with four minutes left in the second period. Travis Dermott, his first of the season Anderson scored earlier in the game for the Canadians. He is now up to nine, 13 minutes left in the third Bruins and Rangers tied one, one, raptors in action this evening about five minutes left in the fourth they are leading washington 119 110 siakam with 24 for the raptors tonight and powell has chipped in with 23 so the raptors trying to close out that high scoring game in washington they're 11 and 13 the wizards coming in at 6 and 15 oilers tomorrow 3.30 3.30 for the face-off show here on 6.30, Chet. The game will start at 5. I would uh, think they'll go back to Mike Smith in net tomorrow, but we shall see. Don't forget Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2. All right. Well, I'm going to read off some locations. And the person waiting on the line, I think, is going to think uh, this is a pretty interesting list when he hears it because he's had a pretty interesting football career here we go winnipeg saskatchewan san jose orlando sioux falls edmonton calgary pittsburgh san francisco ottawa saskatchewan toronto bc toronto bc and now edmonton again he is back as a member of the edmonton football team he's had an outstanding cfl career it is defensive lineman sean lemon sean you're on with reed how are you doing sir
2: i'm
1: doing pretty good how are you guys doing I'm doing very well. Thanks for checking in tonight. What's it like hearing that list and thinking, "Man, look look at all these places I've played in my career?"
2: Oh yeah, it sounds like a, a Drake tour list. It's like a Drake <laughs> concert list, you know what I mean? <laughs> so uh I just take it in and you know have fun and I've enjoyed all the places that I've been. Uh, just, you know, try to go there with open mind and you know produce everywhere you go. That's kind of the name of the game and I look at it as a good thing because the more productive you are, the more teams want to always want you. Uh, four different teams uh, in the CFL I played for and had two stings there. So I'm just fortunate and blessed, man. And I, you know, I, I appreciate the, the role and the opportunity. And I'm just thankful, man. Just thankful that, to be a part of the uh, Edmonton football team.
1: Well, it's, it's cool to have you back. I, I got to admit, I, I was a little surprised when I saw you signed. And, I, and I'll ask you some, some questions about coming back in a few minutes, of course. But uh, I, I do I do want to go back to a couple other uh, areas of, of your career because you got to play in the Arena Football League, which for me, you know, I've seen it on TV. It seems a little wild and crazy, and I know they've had some ups and downs with that league. And that's you know, I referenced San Jose, Orlando, uh, and then I think Sioux Falls was in a different indoor football league. H- how did you like the 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 Arena Football League? Like, was it a was it a huge transformation for
2: you as a lineman, or how would you describe it? I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was a good opportunity. I took all these challenges and wanted to apply it to my game and understood that if I'm going to play in this league, I want to be productive in that league and, you know, try to get after the quarterback the best way I could. It was a time in my life where it was a lot of growth for me. A lot of people don't know this, but when you're playing, when I was playing arena ball, like I, I went out and I used two of my game checks and bought myself a laptop. So I bought myself a laptop and I was making my own highlight tape. So after the games, I would go back to the room and Put the CD into the laptop so to show my age a little bit. <laughs> and then uh, just making my own highlight tapes, cutting it up, trying to find a way to, to get myself you know, seen by CFL teams NFL teams. I would send it out to these uh, teams and just refresh it throughout the day because, I'm like, yo, you just never know when and when this general manager is going to open his email, and I just want mine to be at the top.
1: I did not know that, that you made your own highlight tapes. That's, that's well, very determined, first of all, and that's good editing skills. I mean, you you got to be good to make a good highlight reel on a laptop.
2: Yeah, just just try to, you know, do whatever I can do to give myself a chance to compete at a high level. Uh,
1: all right, so you're, you're coming back to Edmonton. Tell us about uh, how this came to be. I mean, obviously, really tough with there being no season last year. Tell us why coming back to Green and Gold made sense for you
2: just made sense because I know what I bring to a team as a veteran who's uh, won two great cups, been to three great cups, understand how to win and, and, and know that, you know, there was a, a spot of need for the uh, for, uh, Edmonton at the defensive end spot. Uh, I just know what I bring to the table. The, uh, just production speaks for itself, and I know what type of leader I am. So I just felt like it was a good fit. The team, Edmonton's team, was always one defensive end away. And I'm in my eyes when I looked at them, and I just felt like I fit that right piece for it
1: you're 32 years of age tell me how you train and take care of your body at 32 as compared to when you were 22
2: it's really still honestly and a lot hasn't really changed and doing a little bit more stretching than before uh just trying to watch what i eat a little bit and uh you know just you know continue to go out and, and run and not i just go to the gym and lift ways to the gym and go home. So get out and run and work on your craft, pass rushing, you know, playing defensive end, playing football is my craft. So I do football workouts. So it's not, you know, I'm not just going to, to the gym to be a bodybuilder. I'm doing more of like explosion stuff. I'm doing more of, you know, high reps, low rests. It's like a, the CFL football game. So just try to you know, use the, the game and, and translate it to football.
1: All right. Sean Lemon, joining us tonight on Inside Sports back with the double E football team defensive lineman who's had an uh, outstanding career in the league. I think you're at uh, 70 sacks in your career. So really good totals here. Look, I got to ask you about this and and, uh, obviously I'm going to have a little bit of fun with you because I think you are having fun, but it did stir the pot a little bit. You're you're playing for Calgary. Chris Jones is the coach here. He has a motorbike. And after you, you, you did you did it once, maybe you did it twice, but you guys win, and then you find Jones's motorbike after the game, and you and your teammates took a picture uh, posing on the motorbike. Just tell us about deciding to do that, and obviously you knew you were stoking the flames of the rivalry when, when you're doing something like that.
2: Well, as you know, a lot, a lot of people don't know this, but me, you talk about uh, WWE wrestling a lot, so at that time I just thought it would be a you know good thing to. You know, get into character a little bit, keep the rivalry going, because I know we play this team. This is our uh, three hours away from each other. We're going to play them at least once or twice more throughout the season. It was something that we talked about. Uh, Me, Jawan Simpson, plus uh, so was Keon Raymond, and we we talked about uh, earlier in the week because he always parks his motorbike right right beside the visitors' locker room, and it has his you know his name on the tags. And so after we won, you know, we decided to take a photo. And I uh, just blasted out on social media. And it was just fun from there. Like, uh, those guys, Chris Jones, uh, Coach Jones was their coach in Calgary. They have a great relationship. I still have a great relationship with Coach Jones. Uh, you know, we, we still text and stuff here and there every now and again. So it, it was all fun and, you know, just building up the rivalry.
1: <laughs> Did he ever say anything to you specifically about the picture?
2: No, we never really brought it up. He never really brought it up. You know how Coach Jones is. It's not really about football. He's not really, you know, too worried about it.
1: Okay <laughs> well, I'm sure you heard from some fans about it like there's there's a guy here in town named Section O who was when you signed he's like posting pictures. he's like, "Hey, remember
2: this <laughs> Oh yeah no section O is a beauty he uh when we played you guys in the uh, in the west Final that year, you know he had his whole you know entourage, but I still remember like yesterday they brought signs and you know they were talking uh trash to us as we would go to the sideline so uh it, it was fun man. it's all good. It's a good, being a good sport, you know, enjoying the fans. You know, one thing about our league in the CFL, it's a small league, but we have great fans. We always like to interact with those fans. Always like to keep a, you know, friendly relationship with them on social media. So those are the type of things that I enjoy doing. And I think the city of Edmonton is really going to like that about me. Because one thing I do is I like to get back in the community and give back.
1: Well, that's good to hear. And, uh, you know, I, I personally, I, I got to admit, as, as a guy who... Uh, you know, wanted the double E football team to, to beat Calgary, whether you were on the team or not. When I first saw that, I was like, oh, darn that Sean Lemon. But then I realized, you know what? He's showing some personality and so there's nothing wrong with that as an athlete. So I will say, uh, you know, good for you. And, and hey, if you want to play the villain while you're here and make other teams mad, I think we're all fine with that. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just going to come in and, you know, try to lead by example, you know, probably be the best defensive end I can be for the, you know, Edmonton football team. And, you know, the goal is to get a great cup, man, And that's what I'm here to, to help uh, get.
1: Anything defensively. I mean, look, it's basically a, a decade for you in the CFL now, any, like, if you, do you sit here and say, wow, there's been like major defensive changes to how, or, or pardon me, major changes to how defensive defenses operate over the course of the time you've been here or, or, is kind of the thinking and the scheming kind of the same.
2: It's all the same. It's football at the end of the day. And I've played in a number of different defenses, as you listed earlier when I first got on the uh, broadcast. Um, So, you know, it is what it is. It's kind of like riding a bike for me. Just go out and, you know, start pedaling. That's all it is. Learn the scheme. (laughs) Learn how to play within the scheme. Learn what you can do and what you can't do. And don't hit the quarterbacks in the helmet.
1: (laughs) You're coming in. El Mondo Sewell's uh, going out. Tell me about your relationship with Mondo.
2: Uh, Mondo's like a brother to me. He's my roommate in college. Uh, I've known Mondo since he was probably about 17, 18 years old. So, you know, we go back a long ways. Uh, he's a really good friend of mine. And you know, I kind of knew that, you know, with everything going on, that this was going to be a possibility of a landing spot for myself. Uh, and I knew Mondo probably was going to, you know, be headed out the door and it's to Montreal. So, you know, we always talk about stuff like this. And, you know, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for me still used to compete at a high level his production hasn't dropped off he's a first ballot hall of famer you know in my eyes and just looking at his resume his career
1: sean before i let you go tell us uh where you are right now and and how you spent your time during 2020 because for a while it was hoping you guys were going to be able to play a shortened season and then it eventually got canceled so uh where were you and what'd you get up to
2: well, i'm in virginia right now i have a uh, a property in Orlando, Florida, but uh, that I was living in and I moved to Virginia. So I'm, I'm renting that property out down there and I'm in Virginia a little closer to, to family uh, this way. So uh, just in Virginia, you know, spending time and with the family working out training and just trying to stay in shape and trying to stay safe as possible.
1: All right. And what, and what do you think of the Super Bowl? I mean, Tampa Bay's defense was, was pretty awesome throughout their playoff run. They got tons of pressure on Mahomes, and I, I I saw after the game they only actually blitzed five times. They were doing it with with four guys and defensive ends like you.
2: Yeah, they did a great did a great game plan. You know, their game plan was, you know, to run a cover two. You know, sink the middle linebacker, line in the middle, uh, try to you know run the ball to keep Pat uh, Mahomes on the sideline. Nickel and dime a certain place, take shots when you had a chance to it was a great game plan and the defensive line, the defense played, you know, probably one of the best defensive performances that I've seen in a great, I say great cup, super Bowl. So uh, yeah, they, they played a really good, solid game. Right on.
1: Well, Sean, welcome back to the double E football team. Look forward to you uh, getting into town. You know, hopefully uh, you guys are able to travel up here pretty soon and camp starts on time and we get some games in Commonwealth and around the country. I know fans are starving for that. Really appreciate your time. All the best. No problem. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. That is Sean Lemon, good player, great player. Not afraid to show a little personality too. I really wanted to ask him about the uh, the motorbike picture with Chris Jones's bike when he was playing for Calgary. He was uh, he was having some fun. Good on him for doing that. Okay, it is seven nineteen inside sports on Shed. We still have Katrina Lemay Doan coming up. Great speed skater in her day, three-time Olympic medalist, two of them gold. Now the chef de Michonne for the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. She's going to be doing a Facebook Live tomorrow night that we'll let you know about with uh, several other great Olympians. And I also want to talk to her about how everything has been thrown out of whack for Olympic athletes, the four-year Uh, the quadrennial for the Summer Olympics getting pushed back and and what might happen for the Winter Olympics which are supposed to be going on one year from now in Beijing. We'll touch on those storylines as well. 719 Inside Sports on Chet. good to have you tuning in tonight. Oilers-Canadians tomorrow on this very station. 3.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at 5. Oilers up to 8-7 and seven on the season. Can they beat Montreal? They're 0-2 against them so far. Quickly, earlier on the show, I uh, asked about Magic the Gathering, the card game which I know exists and has existed for a while but is apparently still extremely popular. A few people texted in. Uh, This person says that uh, I I know someone who has a dresser full of cards. My goodness. Hopefully they're not mixing them with their clothes and stuff. Uh, This texter says, yes, my kid plays that. It's ridiculous how much cards are worth. And somebody else wrote in. It says, my colleague is a serious Magic the Gathering player. The cards are seriously expensive. He went to Vegas for a tournament two years ago. He says he has so many valuable cards that he could put down a down payment on a house. So I, I guess there are some individual cards that are that good and that powerful to have in your deck that you will people will pay hundreds, thousands, even thousands of dollars for them. Interesting. I'll have to learn more. Maybe we'll do a segment on Magic the Gathering in the summer when we uh, play around a bit. Could be interesting. All right. Oilers, uh, Canadians tomorrow. As I mentioned, now you got Evan Bouchard playing well. Tyson Berry has looked better the last few games. Adam Larson down the right-hand side too. Ethan Bear, who's uh, missed the last few games, but he's another right-handed shot. Dave Tippett, head coach of the team, commenting today on utilizing all those
0: right-handed shots. Well, we'll just take it day by day and see when Bear gets back, see how it goes. But uh, our group of D has... uh... You know, we're trying to find the right mix there, but I like that they even when guys have been out and come back in like Cuckoo came in last night and um, you know, the areas that he can impact was a penalty kill. He had three shot blocks and that penalty kill in the in the second period that were they were huge for us. So, you know, our, our group of D we we said at the start of the year we've got great depth. We got nine guys here that we feel like we can use, and when they all get in there, they all try to do the job the best they can. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll continue to see if we can find the mix, and that might be game to game on matchups or certain things we're looking at, and uh, and how many people we want in certain roles, whether puck moving or PK or PP stuff. So, lots of factors there, and we'll hopefully find the right mix.
1: All right, that is Dave Tiffett. Well, a good mix uh the last few games. Well, mainly goaltending yesterday, but they got the win against Ottawa. Raptors win it 137-115 over the Wizards. Three Raptors over 20 points tonight. Powell with 28, Siakam with 26, Lowry with 21. Katrina LeMay Done, two-time Olympic gold medalist multiple world cup medalist in speed skating and uh now working as the chef de mission for the 2022 winter olympics in beijing gonna have an interesting conversation with her when we get back to inside sports In the third period maple leafs and canadians tied 1-1 late in the third period about two minutes to go bruins and rangers tied 2-2 those are the only two games in the nhl tonight oilers at canadians tomorrow 3 30 face-off show here on 6:30. jet the game will start at five smith and koskinen now the two goalies on the roster after mike smith was activated a few days ago got the win on monday against the senators koskinen was excellent in the pipes last night Dave Tippett on that goaltending split
0: well it's a it's a big factor and that's when both of our guys were at their best last year so getting Schmidty back it just uh, allows them both to be fresh when they play um you know Koskinen came in last night and give us a real strong game and watching the game you know lots of talk about shots on goals but the the actual chances for and against. We're not near as lopsided as what the shots were. Ottawa threw a lot of pucks at the net. We weren't quick enough to retrieve pucks and and, and have more uh, puck possession. But that being said, Ottawa just, they dumped a lot of pucks at the net. but weren't, weren't really scoring chances. And uh, the shot totals went up accordingly. But we, uh, we needed saves at the right time. Koskinen made one. We had a turnover uh, late in the period that he... Uh, He had a point blank one that he made a great save on. So he came in last night. He gave us a chance to win. And that's all you can ask from your goaltender. If we've got fresh guys going, a fresh guy going every night, hopefully they can do that for us every night.
1: All right, so that is Dave Tippett, and as you are hearing that clip, the Maple Leafs go ahead, so two minutes into the third period. Now they lead the Canadians 2-1. Well, uh, this is pretty cool. You're going to have a chance to uh, see uh, Katrina LeMay Doan and some other great Olympians on the Team Canada Facebook page tomorrow night. I'll give you some more details here after the interview, but I am pleased to welcome to Inside Sports one of Canada's all-time greats, former speed skater Katrina LeMay Doan. Katrina, how are you doing?
3: I'm doing well. Well, a little cold, but uh, <laughs> I'm doing well. It, well is, uh, it is February in the prairies, isn't it?
1: Yes. Yeah, so we had a pretty good winter until the last uh, 10 days or so. So I guess we, we shouldn't complain. But it's, it's a yeah. good day to stay inside and spend time on the internet, right? But you're going to hey. be, uh, you got a Facebook Live thing coming up tomorrow night
3: yeah, I'm excited. Um, you know, not often you get uh, five Olympic champions chatting together. So uh, you know, sport in this country is is a pretty tight-knit community. and uh, with so many things being virtual now, it's even more tight-knit. So yeah, it's uh, gonna be talking uh, uh, with uh, Erica Weeb, Patrick Chan, John Montgomery, and uh, Bruni Cern. so that will be fun.
1: So many great Canadians, and as you're reading off those names, I'm I'm thinking back to all of their great Olympic moments. Uh, certainly, you know Bernie Stern on the relay team, and uh, you know I've I've had the chance to interview Erica, and she's awesome. And um, Montgomery, maybe we remember the the beer moment as much as his actual competition, <laughs> but but, but yeah. I, I think that's so cool you're doing that because. Uh, to me, that's a great thing for fans where it's like, well, like, what, what do Olympians talk to, talk about when it's just them? Like, do they talk about, <laughs> hey, that's cool when you won that medal or are they just like the rest of us? Where it's like, oh, hey, how is, how's your family? How's your kids?
3: <laughs> <kind> of <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is uh, like, I'd like to know if everybody actually knows where their medals are. <laughs> because that's that's the biggest thing everybody thinks oh they're probably hanging on a wall it's like no they're stored somewhere and i have to figure out where and i'm sure those guys are the same
1: so that's so you have uh three olympic medals i hope i'm remembering all of them correctly yeah so so you're not exactly sure where they are like they're not in a display case or anything
3: uh no they're somewhere in my house and I, there's a few spots they could be. I won't say it just in case everybody comes in my house, but uh, you know, not that they're they're valuable to me, not that they're necessarily valuable, but uh, you might get distracted by all the IKEA furniture.
1: that's awesome well that's cool you're doing that uh doing that tomorrow night look forward to uh to seeing that i'm sure you'll have a lot of fans checking it out it's it's great to have you on the show and man i mean what a what a crazy last year obviously and huge impact on on the world and on athletes and i I think from an olympic standpoint well i mean first of all let's face the obvious the summer olympics didn't happen and and it's and it's Mm -hmm. pushed back so give me some context of how that effects because everybody you know we always hear about the olympic cycle the olympic cycle Mm -hmm. so what a what a massive change to that olympic cycle
3: yeah for sure it's you know it's been pretty inspiring to see how the athletes have adjusted and i mean you you know right now we're just on sort of the the olympic athletes the world has had to adjust Our, our nation has had to adjust sport at every level has had to adjust but to to change that olympic cycle when program is not year by year it's quadrennial so you know the the physiologists make an athlete's program looking at four years ahead so uh very proud of Canada for being the country to first say health and safety of our athletes is number one priority so last year 2020 they said we're not going and that was supported by all the athletes and all the other countries followed so now we're about six months out and yes it's it's for summer athletes, very tough because, um, you know, they, I, I, they're they training with the focus of the games, but there's a bit of a question mark for them. You know, do, do we look ahead? Is this gonna happen? And so, you know, there's a huge team of people at the Canadian Olympic Committee and the Canadian Paralympic Committee who are working behind the scenes saying, hey, you guys just focus on what you can control and, and we'll deal with the rest. So, you know, knowing that there's such a great group, of, there's a great leadership group that gives confidence to the athletes
1: well, can you talk a little bit about the the impact this could have and maybe continued challenges too on athlete funding because you, mm-hmm. you you always hear those stories where an athlete might say you know the year before the olympics i got a whole bunch of sponsors on board mm-hmm. and then i won a medal and i was the talk of the town for two or three weeks after the olympics and then uh the sponsorship and the attention maybe died down or or flat out went away for a while so having an olympics postponed too that that can't help that situation
3: well you know when we start looking at funding for sport again it funnels i I mean you know i I work for sport calgary we're talking community sport and uh you know working a lot with with edmonton sport council as well i mean it, it it's tough for all levels of sport because the you know, not only was Alberta in a tough economic situation before the pandemic, then the pandemic has thrown everybody into a worse uh, financial situation. So, yeah, it, it's tough. It's tough for funding from national sport organizations, provincial sport organizations, local sport, um, and also for athletes. Um, they, They've had to adjust. They've had to figure out, uh, you know, how to get workout and gym equipment in their homes um you know when it first hit last spring for the winter sports they were starting their dryland training so uh, you know if you take speed skaters for example they were starting their long rides long runs so their training at that time wasn't as affected as perhaps some of the summer sports but then you start looking at when this last lockdown happened and you know all of their training facilities were taken away. And so uh, with the CSI in Calgary out at Winsport, you know, a lot of their training equipment athletes could take to their homes, but it just depends where they live as well. So it, it's been an adjustment. It's, it's tough for everybody financially. I mean, it's, you know, and that just adds the stress and I, I'm going to tell you as an athlete, you're already trying to sort of focus on so many little minute details to perfect yourself, to be ready that it uh, it's for sure added to that level of stress and then the financial part as well but you know you know as we talk about preparation and and, you know I talked about the summer athletes it's pretty neat to see right now most of them are in Europe a lot of the winter sports are competing in these bubbles and the bubbles are working right now and we're we're getting great results and it's pretty cool to see how they've adjusted and then how they've they have sort of come into these big competitions and it's like, okay, you guys, we might not have been having as much facility training as you guys, but we're still kicking butt.
1: Yeah. That's great to hear. And, and I want to talk about your role coming up for 2022 Beijing as well, but uh, along the lines sort of, of your, your process, your trajectory as, as an athlete, I'm, I'm going to put it to you this way. It might, it might sound silly, but I think you, you're going to know what I mean. You were always, Katrina LeMay Doan, but when did you become Katrina LeMay Doan, right? Where (laughs) people know who you are, fans know who you are, sponsors know who you are. Was it like, I mean, did you have to win a gold medal for it to happen or was it building before that?
3: Uh, It depends what country you're talking about. (laughs) In in Holland, uh, you know, it's their national sport. Actually, when I had my daughter, it was on their national news. (laughs) So I, I was um sort of i had a name in sport long before i ever did in canada but uh yeah you know north americans watch the olympics they watch the games for 17 days and then they watch you know they watch the olympics take a week or two break watch the paralympics and so that's how we get to know our athletes there have been some great national shows featuring the the world cups and world championships leading up but the reality is is that's when we sort of pay attention as a nation, which is unfortunate. Um, but that's, you know, that's our choice as athletes to sort of do that. So for sure, the medals help. Um, you know, now with social media, things are changing. Back when I was skating, it was just sort of the emergence of the phone. And, um, you know, it was, it, was, it was another era. So social media is definitely helping tell the athletes stories, which is great. Um, but results help. But, you know, to continue to be engaged in the community and engaged in what's happening, athletes are, are, they're giving back. And that's what's also great. So that also keeps sort of, you know, people's names going because these athletes want others to experience, not necessarily, um, you know, high performance sport, but they want them to experience achievement in whatever they're pursuing and so athletes are are really involved in the community and i'm so proud of
1: that yeah well said katrina Lemay. don't joining us on inside sports and of course you're the chef de mission for the 2022 winter olympics for team canada in beijing Mm -hmm. and uh, i mean man i kind of had to shake my head a a little bit because time is being time feels so different during the pandemic but it's like oh (laughs) those are in a year uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which, I know. <laughs> so, and, and look, we, we know that uh, we're experiencing this pandemic and how long things take and vaccines and, and everything like that. Are you pretty confident that those games will go ahead safely? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean, the key word is safely, but the COC and the CPC, again, Canadian Olympic Committee, Canadian Paralympic Committee, have the health and safety of athletes, um, you know, as their number one priority. And I believe they will go ahead it is crazy how quickly time is going february 4th was one year to go and i just posted on social media the other day february 8 2002 i carried the flag into the opening ceremony um february 9th three years ago we marched into pyeongchang opening ceremony so it, it's you know it's crazy when you start thinking about it but any year we will be in beijing and uh you know what i think is so great is the the athletes that will be competing in beijing they will be the example of resilience they will be the example of determination and integrity and in overcoming and i think the message is is that sport is going to be part of the healing we have been isolated we we're losing you know the physical side the social side the, the mental health side and sport needs to be a top priority whether we're talking grassroots local community sport or whether we're talking high performance. And so that to me is what this team in Beijing in one year time is gonna be an example of.
1: Can you tell us, um, I assume you've been to China? Uh, several, I have, yeah. Yep. Like, you know, it, it has so many different perceptions, a lot of them negative, I think, in 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 North America. I, I mean, what's what's it like when you actually go to, to China and are you you know comfortable with them now you know Beijing is going to host twice this century already
3: yeah they'll be the first uh first place to host a summer and a winter and it's I you know I think they're they're gonna do an amazing job we've seen you know in a normal year we we'd be going and checking out the village and the facilities and all that and obviously that can't happen but there are people who you know contacts who are who are going and making sure that everything's ready um you know they've hosted great competitions. They've hosted great games, and um, you know there's a lot of controversy leading up. And I really admire the leadership of the C.O.C. and C.P.C. coming out and saying, "Listen, there, you know, there are various um, levels of government and that are that are discussing, you know, uh, various things. But as as organizations for leading the Canadian team to those games." There is no hesitation. Um, you know the uh, the op-ed that was done just last just last week was was well said, and just saying that you know people calling for boycott, a boycott is not an answer because the athletes are not um, they are not politicians. The athletes are there to to showcase Canadian values on the competition field, and so we will be there. Uh, I'm excited to be there with the team, and um, you know the athletes are excited to to represent our great nation.
1: All right, well said. And before I let you go, I I often ask uh, a question like this and and I I hope you enjoy it. So (laughs) you you had an incredibly successful career and you've gone on to great things post-competition. What would you say to that 10 or 12 year old girl or boy who wants to be the next great speed skater or whatever, the next great Olympian. I suppose it doesn't have to be speed skating. What do you say to those kids Mm -hmm. who are aspiring to be great athletes?
3: You know, just don't don't let anybody else stop them. I think the toughest thing with with teens right now and youth. I mean, I have a 16 and a 14 year old. Um, is we often worry, and I say we, because this goes into adulthood too. We often worry about what others are saying that we can and can't do. And you know what? Just follow your gut. Just put your head down, do the hard work, and follow your gut because um, there were things that I did in my career that people said were possible. and somebody has to be the first one to pave the way for the rest of the, you know, the crew to follow. So why not be that person?
1: Very well said. Very well said. Thank you for doing this tonight on Inside Sports. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, Enjoy connecting on, uh, on Facebook Live tomorrow night. We'll let people know where they can check that out. And I hope we can have you on again, Katrina. This was an awesome chat.
3: Anytime. Thanks so much. I appreciate it.
1: Awesome. That's Katrina Lemay-Done. Now, I want to tell you that Sentinel Storage has a new partnership with Team Canada, so they're having some uh, collaboration with Canadian athletes. So an inspiring panel tomorrow night featuring Katrina, Bruni Surin, John Montgomery, Eric Weeb, and Patrick Chan. What a list of Olympic champions. Get more details on the Team Canada Facebook page. It is 7.50. Back to wrap it up after the break. Jujar Kara pretty slow start to the season out of the lineup most nights has looked much better the last 3 games head coach Dave Tippett on how Kara can continue
0: to contribute where, where he's really a, a strong player is below the hash marks in our zone helping our D and below the goal line he's uh, you watch him down there that's where he's got the most poise with the puck uh, uh, of, uh, anywhere on the ice, you know, and, you know, he, he can make a good play through the middle and he can he, play in the offensive zone, but his D zone coverage and his ability to uh, read situations down low is, is very good. And that's, you know, we're trying to maximize that player's strength in that position when he was on the wall, he, he's down there less as a centerman. He, he gets down there, he helps the D and he does a good job of it. So he's, um, you know, you're, you're always, as a coach, you're trying to find the best place for a player to maximize his assets, and that's why we put him to center. and, uh, and he's done a good he's done a good job down there. And now with the line, they're not spending much time in their own end. He's he's down there. He breaks up a lot of plays. And with Archibald Nettles, they've got the speed to get up the ice. So hopefully, it's the making of a good line. We'll see how it goes. All right,
1: we'll see how it goes tomorrow against the Canadians. 330 face off show here on 630 Chad Game at five before that. Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to two. Canadians behind tonight, three one to the Leafs with five and a half to go. The Bruins knock off the Rangers three two in overtime. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy is your studio operator. My name's Reed. Hey, if you're playing Magic the Gathering tonight,
0: have fun.